One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Buenas noches, amigos. Buenas noches, enemigos. Buenas noches a todos. Hello and welcome to La Liga Lowdown. Uh, Spain, of course, are out of the World Cup, but we've got a podcast anyway. I'm your host, Matt Clark. I'm joined by Sam Leverage. Sam, how are you? I'm good, thank you, Matt. I mean, it's been, what has it been, a week now since Spain went out? I feel like it's been a week of rest, relaxation, recovery without having all the nerves and, and the extra work of Spain being in the World Cup. So I guess it's, yeah, uh, it's been... Nice to be able to watch the World Cup and enjoy the other teams without thinking about who Spain could end up playing, who England can end up playing as an England fan, which now we have the relief of knowing that none of the teams that we like are going to be playing in the semi-finals. So I guess we've taken our foot off the gas a little bit. Indeed. It's not coming home and it's not coming to Spain either. Uh, what was your thoughts then on the elimination of, of Spain? Obviously, we had our recap podcast with Paco. It was obviously very... Um, angry and emotional about the game as a an adopted Spaniard what was your take yeah it was it was a weird one wasn't it because I mean Spain were the better team but the same old mistakes the same old issues that we keep seeing with Spain and and it just felt like watching that game against Russia in 2018 on repeat basically I mean the complete domination the other team just defending very very well and then losing on a penalty shootout. And I mean, plenty of doubts and questions about the penalty shootout in particular and the takers that were involved for Spain there. But I mean, it was a hard blow to take. I think Spain kind of took it for granted that they would go through against Morocco. Not Luis Enrique, other players, but Spanish people in general kind of assumed they would beat Morocco. So yeah, a bit of a shock, a bit of a disappointment. And, and yeah, kind of it's opened up this greater, wider reflection of Spanish football of the future of Spanish football the status of Spanish football beyond simply a nil-nil draw and a penalty loss to Morocco but what is the right way to play how can Spain win titles what's gone wrong and what needs to happen now so I mean an interesting time for Spanish football definitely yes indeed I suppose given the the exploits of Morocco subsequently you could argue that keeping a clean sheet against them wasn't in the end too bad given what they did to Portugal but like you say, it's it's opened up a, a metaphorical can of worms. And uh, yeah, the fact remains that the only semi-final they've ever reached was when they won it in 2010. And, and of course, they couldn't even reach the quarters here. Luis Enrique, of course, paid the price. Um, he departed pretty much as soon as they touched down in Madrid. Um, yeah, what do you make of... Well, you've written a, an article on our Substack about his departure. Um you described him as the best coach Spain will have for years. Um, yeah, what, what's your assessment of, of his tenure as a whole and, and his the way he, he departed? 
yeah, I think part of that is praise for Luis Enrique, and part of that is also maybe not so much Luis Enrique, but more a wider reflection on international football. I mean, you look at the quality of the managers that we have in international football, and I think it's fair to say that the best managers in the world aren't going into international football at the moment. I mean, you know, you look across the other countries and so on, I mean, some of the best coaches... I mean, they're not there now. I mean, maybe that will change in the next few years. I mean, I saw some rumours today about Carlo Ancelotti taking over Brazil, things like that, which would be mind-blowing. But, I mean, the best coaches don't go into international football. And for Spain, as as a smaller nation, maybe not in a footballing sense, but we have to remember, Spain have only ever won the three trophies that they won in that eight-year gap. And before that, they were more or less a team that would get to the early stage of the knockouts and be out, which is basically what they've been since that 2014 World Cup. And so when you think about that, are the best Spanish coaches, I mean, how many Spanish coaches do we see in the Premier League now? Um, so many of them operating abroad, as well as the big teams in La Liga. I mean, it's going to have to be a pretty patriotic coach who's going to be a very talented Spaniard who's going to want to take the national team job. And I think with the appointment of Luis de la Fuente, which I'm sure we'll get into later in a bit more detail, we've seen that kind of drop in quality. I mean, maybe he'll work out to be the best coach Spain has ever had, but you're never going to hire a coach with that reputation, that status that Luis Enrique has as Spain manager. And I think he is a very talented coach. I think he made mistakes at the World Cup and then eventually he ends up paying for those. But I think he is an excellent coach and he's really kind of gelled this new generation of players together as well. So I think we'll still see his legacy in the next few years. And, and how that evolves with players like Pedri, Gavi, who, I mean, they've got loads of international experience and they're teenagers. I mean, Pedri turned 20 during the World Cup and he's got, I don't know, double digits of international appearances. He's played at a Euros, he's played at a World Cup. I mean, not many players can say that and that's thanks to Pedro Luis Enrique and the faith that he put into young players like them. Yeah, you also compared uh, him to, this is Lucha, of course, to... Luis Aragonés in the way that he's kind of started something which will hopefully bear fruit into the future of Spanish football. So you mentioned legacy there. What do you think it is specifically that Lucho has done? You, you touched on the young players as well. But what else has he done to kind of lay the foundations of what could be a, a move away from the era of the past and looking forward to something else? Well, I think one important thing is not just the youngsters, but he's also moved on from quite a few of the the golden oldies, so to speak. I mean, Sergio Ramos is a good example. And I mean, Luis de la Fuente was asked about him in his press conference and he kind of left the door open to him coming back. But I think Luis Enrique was very good in moving that on. I mean, yeah, he could have done it a bit more with Jordi Alba, with Sergio Busquets, but I think that was an important generational shift where you were never going to be able to get rid of all of your veterans and your experienced players at once. But by resisting that urge to bring in a player like Sergio Ramos with all of his media weight behind him, with his reputation, with his character. I think that was a brave call from Luis Enrique and I think it was the right one as well. And tactically as well, I think it's kind of... I mean, Spain have had so much criticism for playing tiki-taka, blah, blah, blah. But I think he did move Spain away from where they were. I think they're much less possession football. They are a bit more direct, a bit more... They have the ability to switch things up a little bit more than they did under... Julian Lopetegui so I think there has been a change and and now we have to see how that evolves in the future I'm not sure if Luis de la Fuente will necessarily keep on the work that Luis Enrique has done I wonder if we'll see a bit of a backtrack more towards where we were with Julian Lopetegui and maybe some of those older players coming back into the picture even but I think we'll have to wait and see what to expect there but 
that will kind of define Luis Enrique's legacy is if it continues or if it ends with his time in charge. Mm. Yeah, as you as you touched on, we will talk plenty about Luis de la Fuente in part two, uh, his appointment, his uh, his story basically, and and what he's done in coaching so far. But just to to kind of go a little further with Luis Enrique, I know a lot of our listeners are big fans. Some some not. Uh, it's fair to say he's has for every every lover he probably has a hater. Um, what do you think he is now looking looking for in the future? I know you were just listening to his uh, his stream with uh, Ibayanos just before we came on air here. So what what does the future hold for Lucha himself? Well, the only thing I learned from the, the stream with Ibayanos was that he wants to go skiing with his wife <laughs> as his first next step. Um, but no, after that, I think, I mean, there's a lot of talk about Atletico Madrid. I mean, I think that could make sense. It would be a big change stylistically, but in terms of the character, I think, Lucho is kind of similar to Diego Simeone but obviously that means that Diego Simeone has to move on I think that will be an issue that isn't going to be resolved anytime soon does Luis Enrique want to hang around and wait for that and also for Atletico I mean replacing Diego Simeone is a tough task I mean Luis Enrique has the reputation but does he want to gamble it quite so much on taking over a position which has been with one guy for so long and it'd be a big task but otherwise, I can imagine him in the Premier League. I can imagine him at any of the big clubs, really. I think he's been linked with, with Manchester United, with Chelsea, um, with Arsenal in the past. I think there are a lot of rumours linking him with a move to England. So I wonder if that's kind of the route that he would like to consider going down in the future. I mean, no big openings at the moment, but a matter of time. And I'm sure he'll be linked to, to some jobs in England. Yeah, there's never far between uh, solid run and, and suddenly a, a club in crisis in the top six and they're suddenly changing managers so yeah I could I could see Lucho in the Premier League for sure um, if he was to come skiing he can come to mine because there's plenty of snow on the ground <laughs> where I am right now um, so yeah I guess that's that's it for Lucho his time with Spain is done um, all very sad in a way because we were hoping that he'd be looking ahead to a semi-final we haven't even had them yet and yeah the time is already moving on we've had plenty of managers say that's it, I'm done. Chiche, of course, one of them. Uh, Portugal, maybe another. I've seen a few talking that he might even become, or he might be a good fit for Portugal. Do you see him staying in international football, or do you think a club job at some stage is inevitably his next move? I think if Luis Enrique went to Portugal, the Spanish media would just explode, and <laughs> Marca and Ass and El Chiringuito would just cease to exist because they, they don't know how to react to that with quite enough anger. No, I think he'll probably go into club management. I imagine he'll take a bit of a break and and go back into that. But I think he's he's more of a club manager than an international manager. I think he did a good job of it, but I can't see him wanting to to go to Portugal, knowing everything that that, that would bring up and fueling the haters even more. Indeed, indeed. Uh, he could always just become a professional streamer. That could also be a viable option for him. But uh, yeah, for now then, it's uh, thanks Lucho, gracias, and uh, hasta luego. Coming up in part two, we will talk all about the new man at the helm, Luis de la Fuente. So stay tuned for plenty of discussion about him. Hold up. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash acast. Y si de verdad, con toda la humildad y modestia, si hay alguien en España que conoce el presente y el futuro del de, fútbol español, es este hombre que está sentado delante de vosotros. Welcome back to part two of La Liga Lowdown. We're uh, doing a podcast on Spain's change in coaching. Of course, Luis Enrique has gone, and the man to replace him is Luis de la Fuente, the former under 21 coach. He's been in the Spanish youth setup for quite some time. Winner of the under 21 Euros in 2019. Also took charge of the national team in the, the weird COVID friendly against Lithuania before the Euros when all of the senior squad had COVID or were isolated to prevent themselves from getting it. So effectively, the under 21s just came up for this friendly with Lithuania and they did pretty well winning 4 0. Um, yeah, Sam, again, you've written on our Substack, lllonline.substack.com, about essentially, who is Luis de la Fuente? So I'll ask you that. Who is he? Who is Luis de la Fuente? I think that's a, a frequent question around Spain lately. Um, to put it briefly, as a player, he was a left-back. Um, not particularly exciting or out of this world, but I think he racked up over 200 appearances for Athletic Club. He had a, a short stint uh, at Sevilla. He was there for a few years as well, I think, and then Ended his career at Alaves down in, in Segunda B at the time in the in the mid-90s. And then his coaching career is pretty unremarkable. I mean, he was with some local teams in the Basque Country, a couple of Segunda B teams, even took over Athletics B team and, and Alaves when they were back in Segunda B. Um, back in the early, I think it was around 2011, that he was in charge of Alaves. After that, he kind of took a, a short breakout, and then in 2013, he joined the Spanish Federation, the national team, and started working with the youth teams there, and, and got a gig as the under-19s coach. Um, I was there for five years, um, won the under-19s European Championships, then stepped up to the under-21s, 
did the same and won the European Championships um, with them. And here we are today. He's the, the coach of the Spanish national team, I think. He's kind of an, a federation, um, perhaps not yes man, but a very popular figure within the federation. He's very loyal to the people he's working with. He's very open with the media. I don't know if, if any of our listeners will have watched the press conference he had with the media, uh, his kind of presentation. And it was almost like watching a politician in one of these political debates where he was asking every journalist their name, where they were from and so on, and then saying, ah, bueno, Alberto, uh, Javier, and kind of, you know, always referring exactly to that person. I think it was, it was a bit like watching a political pitch rather than necessarily watching a football coach because his answers were pretty non-committal either way as well. So he's a wise guy. I think he's not necessarily the most experienced when we talk about experience kind of at the top level. He doesn't have that. He's never coached above Segunda B before, but he is very experienced within the Spanish Federation, how that works. And obviously with that, you get to know a lot of the players that are coming through the youth ranks and will be coming into the team in for today and for the next few years as well. So it's an interesting appointment. I think it's one that, that Luis Rubiales wasn't keen on Marcelino at the last minute. And I think that was because he was kind of aware that Marcelino would change things a bit more. He wanted to go with the four four two that Rubiales wasn't keen on. Marcelino is a bit more of a dramatic, controversial figure that I think after Luis Enrique, the Federation just want to have an easy time and get the media off their backs. And De La Fuente is that, that guy. Mm. It's very strange, the idea that uh, Martino was kind of rumoured for so long, ever since he left Athletic, basically, that he would be the next coach whenever that would be. Um, reports saying that he was already told, in fact, he would be the coach. And it seems strange to me that the Federation would go along the line of, yep, this is our guy. And then suddenly, oh, no, we're not sure because, you know, the style is too different. I mean, his style is no secret. He's played 4-4-2 for years. If he was your guy before, why is he not your guy now? Perhaps... You you're talk you talk about the conflict there. Perhaps that is the key after such a provocative World Cup in terms of, you know, the media questions, the the cliches, the the twitch, all of these things. Perhaps the fact that De La Fuente could not be further away from that kind of Lucho provocative figure. Perhaps that is the real answer to this. I mean, he said today in the press conference too, didn't he? He said uh, that he doesn't even use social media. The only the only way you will hear from him is through the media. So he was. As you say, he's going out of his way to to present himself in the best possible light to the Spanish press. And again, p- people who obviously like Lucho will think that's a little bit unseemly. But then at the same time, it will it will do well. He will get good press coverage for that. And you know, majority of Spanish fans who don't go into so much detail about these things will will be reading the press and you know picking up their copy of Marca or the Café con Leche, and and they will probably find that. You know, this is a, a decent appointment, wouldn't you say? Yeah, and I mean, the media have been very positive about Luis de la Fuente. He's very popular with them. And I mean, I think I saw him called Capitan España the other day, which is pretty extreme by ass. And I mean, even he had his presentation on, on Monday lunchtime and Monday night, he's going on Cope with Juan Magastaño. Luis Enrique basically refused to speak to Juan Magastaño almost <laughs> by the end of his time in charge. But yeah, I mean, it's... It's a it's a tense relationship that Luis Enrique had and, and Luis de la Fuente changes that, but I think it reflects a lot of the politics going on behind the scenes as well because, I mean, we can't forget that Jose Francisco Molina, who most people listening will probably have no idea who he is, but he was the sporting director for the RFEF, kind of the, the director of football or whatever it is that most people call it at club level now. Um, 
and he left shortly after it was announced that Luis Enrique was leaving and it was all supposed to be that he's been in the pipeline for a long time and so on. But when you have a sporting director who backs Marcelino and then a president who decides that actually you'd rather have Luis de la Fuente, I think, yeah, I mean, there have been claims afterwards that Molina was in favour of Luis de la Fuente, but I think there's clearly been a bit of conflict there. And and in the end, it's Rubiales who's won. He's the, the big boss and he got his way. He got de la Fuente and... And now Alberto Luque, the, the former Newcastle forward, is the man who's going to be the new sporting director for the Spanish Federation. Mm. If they're not, yes, men, they're certainly company men, aren't they? And as you touched on earlier, the loyalty to the people they work with was seen in the support, open support for Jorge Vilda, uh, the Femenina coach, amid that controversy a few months back, which is still ongoing, by the way, the uh, schism there between some of the players and him. Um De La Fuente openly supported him and said, you know, I respect him, he's a good guy, etc, etc. Of course, Luis Enrique would not be drawn to, to make any kind of comment on that, which again is a little indication of, of where the, the two of those people stand in regards to the, the federation. Um, but let's talk about some positives then. He he is he has won things at youth level. He took Spain to the Olympics and got them to, to the silver medal, mat, uh, silver medal, losing to Brazil in the final. Um He's brought through a lot of players, many of whom are already in the national setup, the likes of Dani Olmo, Mikel Oyarzabal, uh, Mikel Marino has already played for Spain, although not at the moment, uh, Unai Simón, plenty of players who, who have come through. And of course, the future looks, looks bright, of course. Spanish football often has a lot of good players coming through. And he did say um, in his press conference, didn't he, he said, if, there, if there is anyone in Spain who knows the present and the future, it is me. So he's clearly confident that that is his kind of big tick. He can he can see who's coming through. He knows them very well and he can just seamlessly bring them through. Yeah, and he kind of said in that press conference as well that he's not going to stick to the younger players that he knows, but if anyone's good enough, if they're in the right shape, then he'll call them up. And and that was what was his very political response to the question, will Sergio Ramos play for Spain, which came up a couple of times. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he is a very talented coach, we could say, from what he's managed to do. And some different systems. I mean, he has changed things. He did go with a four-two-three-one that evolved into a four-three-three, and that's changed. Whether it's more of a false nine or whether it's more of a traditional number nine. So I mean, this is a coach who's a bit more flexible. I think with Luis Enrique, for example, everybody knows more or less what he's going to do. With Julian Lopetegui, everybody knew how Spain were going to set up. With Luis de la Fuente, there's a bit, little bit of mystery of the unknown because he's not as well known, but also that he is that little bit more versatile tactically. Um, and he doesn't have um, one of the big accusations of Luis Enrique was that he was a bit biased towards Barcelona and I think Luis de la Fuente is the complete opposite I don't think there's any biases there or club favouritism or anything like that um, I mean obviously he spent a lot of his career with Athletic but he hasn't ever really shown too much of a tendency to prefer Athletic players in the youth setup. Um, he's included lots of Real Madrid players which I'm sure Real Madrid fans will be happy about um, so I think yeah he's kind of that neutral figure which might be what Spain need after all this controversy all this anger and and hatred from some sections of the fans I think he might be the kind of coach to to cool things down bring fans back together I mean that's what he said in his presentation was he didn't want this to be a question of the 11 players on the pitch he wanted to have 48 million Spanish players not 48 million Spanish fans watching but 48 million Spanish players and I think that's kind of his message in his presentation is that idea of the unity of cooling things down a little bit and and he seems the perfect figure to do that. Mm. 
Well, you've got your passport, so get your kit on, Sam. Um, first up, he'll have the the first European Championship qualifiers against Norway and Scotland. And then in June, it's the Nations League Final Four. Um, remember that? Uh, it's going to be between uh, Spain, Netherlands, Croatia and Italy. The draw is not until January, so we don't know who they'll play. But, of course, in Croatia, they could be playing World Cup champions. Um, so Paco was saying that he could see a situation where Luis de la Fuente was just a kind of placeholder until the summer when they could maybe get their guy in. But I think after today, that's probably not going to be the case, isn't it? With with what Rubiales said, with, with what de la Fuente was saying. He's, I think he's certainly their guy until at least the 2024 Euros. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, Rubiales was actually asked directly, is this an appointment for the next six months? And he said, no, this is a long-term commitment. I mean, you have to question long-term when he's on a contract until 2024 and when the tournament ends in 2024, which is actually only, what, 18 months? So, I mean, it's not that long-term a commitment. I mean, there was talks of extending Luis Enrique's contract earlier this year and you wonder what kind of length they were looking at if they were looking at 2024 or beyond that but I mean with Luis de la Fuente I mean it seems a reasonable decision I mean you don't want to go all in you don't want to go with this guy who has no experience at this level and give him a four-year contract so yeah I think it's an 18 months let's see how you do you can calm things down you can get the media back on side and then we can go from there and and if it works fantastic they've got a coach for the next two years next four years and if not, then in 18 months' time, they call it a day, and, and that's that. Mm. Well, thinking about the players that he could select then, there, there could be quite a bit of churn, change in churn. Uh, as you say, potentially, maybe the end of the line for the likes of Alba, Busquets, um, maybe not. But also, quite a few younger players who have featured for Luis Enrique, but certainly not in the last year or two. Thinking of the likes of Fabian Ruiz, um, Mikel Merino, for example... Which players do you think will benefit most from De La Fuente's appointment? I think the number one is Mikel Merino. I mean, he was Luis De La Fuente's captain um, for the Olympics and in the under-21s. I think he's going to be one of the first names in his squad list when he first announces it. Um, I think there are some others who maybe it's not such good news. Unai Simon, for example, has been in De La Fuente's squads a lot, under-19s, under-21s at the Olympics. But he hasn't always been first choice, so you wonder if that's kind of a nagging doubt in, in De La Fuente's mind. Um, others, I think a lot of them are already in that setup. As you say, Fabian Ruiz is another great name. And the one that I'm perhaps most excited... Well, there are two that I think will get some fans riled up. One is Danny Ceballos, I think. Luis De La Fuente, I mean, in the Olympics last year, I don't know if you remember, he got injured and... De La Fuente said if he was any other player, we'd have sent him home. But with Danny Ceballos' attitude and talent, we've kept him on because we believe in him. And I mean, that's as pretty big a statement as you can make. And ahead of the Euros, actually, was asked kind of, who would you give any tips to Luis Enrique? And he said, no. But one player who I would say could make a difference is Danny Ceballos. So, I mean, if you're going to say that, then follow it up. Put your walk the walk as well as doing the talking the talking. <laughs> and uh, put Danny Ceballos in his senior squad. And the other one, the big one, um, his captain under 21 levels as well, is Jesus Vallejo. Um, I'm big on the Jesus Vallejo Select the Young campaign and I would like to see him lift the World Cup because I think that's what he deserves. <laughs> well, yes, that's uh, certainly a possibility. Um, I can't say that uh, our old friend Has Karim will, will share that with you, but um, <laughs> certainly... What was his average last season? Was it a trophy every... 52 minutes or something that he managed. I mean, what more can you ask for? 
It's a good game. Play them in one world. Play them in one group stage game, and Spain have won the Euros. Mm. Indeed, indeed. Would um, would that be the end for? Well, not the end, but would that be uh, another blow to Eric Garcia, perhaps? Well, I think. I mean, the La Fuente was asked about Eric Garcia in his press conference, and he said, "I think he's a great player. I think perhaps he's had a bit too much pressure put on him." And it was an interesting quote because he wasn't really criticizing anybody he was very neutral as i said earlier on and that kind of criticism is that a criticism i mean it was almost this let's see how people look at this is it a criticism of eric garcia is it that he can't handle the pressure or is he saying the media have been unfair to him i mean there's lots of different ways to interpret that so you wonder but he one of the things he did say which i took as a criticism or a little dig at, at luis enrique maybe was that he felt the national team squad should include the players who are in the best form. You can't pick a player who's not playing for his club. You have to pick the best players who are ready to come into a, a World Cup squad, for example, and be in the best possible form from the off. You can't, I think the way he said it was that if you lose on match day 14 and 15, you can't make up for it by winning on match day 27 and 28 because it's such a short, condensed format. Mm. And with Eric Garcia, I mean, obviously he's not playing week in, week out for Barcelona at the moment, so you wonder if he's one of those names who could drop out. Yeah, Yago Aspas to outshine Erling Haaland in that Norway-Spain game. You heard it here first. Erling Haaland up against Jesus Vallejo would be an interesting game to watch. Clash of the Titans, without doubt. Um, final question then, Sam, before we wrap up. To what extent do you think the La Fuente will be able to impose himself on this squad. As you say, he's only dealt with kids before, pretty much. Yes, it will still be a predominantly young squad, but do you think he'll be able to have that kind of force of personality that Luis Enrique had? Do you think he'll be able to... To what extent do you think he will be able to kind of lead this definitively? No, I don't think he will be able to. Um, I mean, the players love Luis Enrique as well. I mean, we can't forget that. They wanted him to stay. They were encouraging him to stay. But Luis de la Fuente is a very popular guy. He's very respected within the federation. So I don't think he's a guy that's going to be easy to not get on with or so on. And I think at the same time, the Spanish national team at the moment doesn't have too many prima donnas or big figures or... I mean, you know, looking back in the past, figures like Raúl, who kind of fought with Luis Aragonés, and it was a very personal thing. I don't see any in this current Spain squad necessarily going down that route of taking on Luis de la Fuente. So I think he'll be okay. I don't think he's got too much of a tough challenge in that respect. And I mean, everybody in football is saying that Luis de la Fuente is the nicest guy in football, and he would have a better career if he wasn't such a nice guy. So you'd imagine that the players will get on with him and and respect his his work but I mean we'll soon see and I mean that first squad selection in particular I think is going to be fascinating to see how he sees the future of Spain and which players are included which ones aren't and perhaps if he brings in some of those players who've been with him through the youth stages as well and and we'll have that bit more of respect for him so he's not trying to win over the the big guns on his own from the off yeah very interesting great stuff Sam thank you one word answer who's winning the world cup Argentina. Ooh. Again, you heard it here first, listener, and Sam is very rarely wrong. I can guarantee you that. So, I wish that was right. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Thank you for your insights, Sam. Lovely to see you and speak to you again. Enjoy the rest of the World Cup. Uh, we'll be back, I think, with a recap of the World Cup in general, kind of next week time. 
So stay tuned for that. And in the meantime, we'll have plenty of content going up on our Substack, llonline.substack.com for plenty of fascinating insight into everything that's happening in Spanish football. So thank you very much for listening again and uh, adios. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.